Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from the difference between being liked and being respected, Ed Lattimore on Infinite Loops Podcast with Jim O'Shaughnessy, number 154. Check out Infinite Loops Podcast episode page and show notes. Intro On this week's Infinite Loops, Jim O'Shaughnessy is excited to have Ed Lattimore, and Ed Lattimore joined him once again for his second appearance on the podcast as a best-selling author, former professional heavyweight boxer, competitive chess player, physics graduate, father, and husband. Ed offers a unique perspective and valuable insights he will be discussing topics such as stoicism, progress and pain demonstrating authenticity, and the delicate balance between being liked and respected. Check out Ed Lattimore's Coffee So Black Jokes. Subscribe to his Substack. We've delved into Ed Lattimore's story before, and you can learn more by checking out our earlier notes on him. Don't get outworked by a crackhead, a pop podcast. Conquering Your Comfort Zone, The James Altucher Show. Host, Jim O'Shaughnessy. Fresh Beginnings, A New Child, Home, and Book. Being a father is a fun experience, but it also requires accepting that he won't sleep a full eight hours again. Lettermore recommends every man become a father as it is a great focusing tool and forces him to make smart decisions. Lettermore had always wanted his next book to be published with a house and began taking a class on writing proposals to get closer to someone who could help him. After talking to people who had book deals and sharing an article on Twitter, Lettermore was introduced to Noah Schwartzberg, the chief editor at Penguin Portfolio, who was excited to bring him on but said he needed an agent. Howard Univrosyun Agency became Lattimore's agent and helped him rewrite his proposal for a better book deal. Keen on understanding the book business? Explore the nuances of the publishing industry. How Ed's new book has developed. The book's initial premise was about boxing and applying its lessons to life. Lattimore decided to rewrite the premise to be the Ed Lattimore story, where boxing plays a central role in transforming him into who he is. The new premise contains more about his upbringing and addictions and how boxing manifested itself in the ring and the stories of fighters. The book became more of a memoir with self-help elements in the style of the art of learning, can't hurt me, and the subtle art of not giving a fuck. The new premise was not on Lattimore's radar before reading Mark Manson's book, and he realized that Manson had effectively done what he was trying to do. The book's key selling point is that there are people who want to listen to and follow Lattimore, particularly because he is a black kid from the ghetto, and he can relate to and understand their struggles. The book is an opportunity to have an impact on young men. Lattimore didn't have his father around to teach him anything, and he learned a lot of things the hard way. Humor and Progray Lattimore's Twitter bio has the quote, Most of the bad things in life can be avoided if you simply don't smoke crack, which Jim loves. Check out Ed Lattimore's Coffee So Black Jokes. Lattimore can get away with making coffee jokes because they draw attention to the black experience, rather than denigrating it. Lattimore's jokes are specific and aim to educate people who may not know about the history behind them. Jim believes that humor can often change more minds about serious topics. The specificity of Ed's jokes, such as referencing miscegenation laws, can lead people to learn about the history. Jim shares a personal story about his sister being married to a black man in 1969 and how even then there were still certain states they couldn't go to. Ed thinks about how his wife's appearance as a white person would have been a bigger deal in the past, but now it's not. 
Jim is positive about the changes that have happened in the United States regarding social issues, such as women being able to get credit cards without their husband's approval. Understanding addiction. Lattimore points out that addiction can be to things that are ostensibly good for you, such as alcohol or exercise. Addiction happens when the cost of engaging in an activity exceeds the value that one receives from it. Every addiction starts from a place of benign meaning. For example, no one plans to become a crackhead when they smoke crack for the first time. Some people become addicted to certain activities while others don't, even when they engage in the same activity. Lattimore cites the Rat Park experiment, which showed that rats who were placed in a community with outlets for stress and things to do were less likely to become addicted to cocaine than rats who were isolated. Addiction often occurs when someone doesn't have a community, emotional coping skills, or the ability to connect with people. Lattimore shares his own experience with alcohol addiction and notes that finding mentors and having goals helped him overcome it. Having someone to care about and a sense of purpose were also important factors in overcoming addiction. Jim comments that isolation is a punishment in prison and that people put in isolation can begin to hallucinate in as little as four hours. Humans evolved to be in communities. Isolation is a nasty thing for the average person. They both agree that finding a community, having goals, and having someone to care about are important factors in overcoming addiction. When it comes to understanding addiction, who better to learn from than Huberman, featured regularly in our site's podcasts? Dive into these notes for a well-rounded perspective on addiction. Being liked versus being respected. There is a difference between being liked and being respected. Being liked may get you invited to parties, but being respected builds stronger bonds, earns trust, and opens up more opportunities. According to Lattimore, building connections with people where alcohol was not a factor was key to developing real, lasting friendships. When he first got sober, it was the first time since he was 18 that he was making friends based on himself and nothing else. He realized that these relationships were real and he wanted to maintain them. Some people confuse being nice with being kind, but they are different things. Having a high level of conscientiousness is also important. Lattimore didn't want to mess up his relationships, so he took responsibility for his actions and recognized his role in things. This helped him to become more resilient and agile, able to adapt to changing circumstances and make strategic decisions. Lattimore believes that it's important to think strategically from a God's view of the game, to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. This allows you to see patterns and opportunities that you might not have noticed before. Ultimately, Lattimore believes that building strong, lasting relationships and taking responsibility for your actions is key to achieving success and happiness in life. Stoicism found me. Quote, tactically don't feel the need that you have to respond to every fucking thing personally. I think that's the best advice anyone could actually live by if I could just give one piece of advice you don't need to react to everything. Jim O'Shaughnessy. Quote, man, stoicism found me I didn't find it, Ed Lattimore. Is stoicism the missing piece in your life's puzzle? Explore its tenets and wisdom via these notes from stoicism expert Ryan Holiday. Lattimore learned to be non-reactive to emotional manipulation from his mother at a young age. The emotional discipline he learned from stoicism has helped him relate to people, as he can present himself in a way that makes them comfortable. Controlling emotions is the best way to be effective in conversations and get the most out of them.
Lettermore talks about how his sister is coming to terms with how their mother's emotional manipulation affected them and how spending time with him has helped motivate her to make changes in her life. Jim mentions the saying, if you sit in shit long enough, it stops stinking, and how it relates to Ed's life and how he took action to change it. Jim praises Ed for his success in boxing and physics and as an author with his super successful Substack and best-selling books. Is progress possible without pain? Pain is a feeling that tells us that something is wrong. Progress often requires pain, and it is not possible to make progress without experiencing discomfort or displeasure. All organisms seek the most energy-efficient configuration or homeostasis. Moving towards something that requires more energy than currently being used to survive is a problem for your system. Quote, it's like, yo, well, how are we going to, first off? This is comfortable, I don't know why we're moving. Secondly, how much energy, how long is this going to take? I don't know if we can do this, maybe we won't do it. Maybe we want to just chill out. At Lattimore. When making progress, one needs to leave behind something comfortable and go after something that will cause discomfort. Discomfort and pain are synonymous in our experience when making progress. Pushing past what is comfortable or a design that's not good enough leads to progress. Making progress involves physical, emotional, and mental learning. Expanding more energy than needed is natural for organisms. Progress is the result of pushing past what is comfortable. Tony DeMello wrote, Everybody wants progress, but everybody hates change. Humans are very bad at the future. Humans are bad at thinking about the future and often treat it as if it will never arrive. People imagine the future in the best-case scenario and make decisions based on that, which can lead to a point of scarcity. Negative forecasting is a useful tool to anticipate potential problems and plan for them. Negative forecasting involves thinking about how things will go wrong and making a plan to avoid or prepare for it. Jim O'Shaughnessy's grandfather taught him a similar concept called premeditating, where you write out all the possible outcomes of getting what you want. Lattimore warns against getting fixated on one outcome and not considering the potential costs or better alternatives. It's important to consider the gains and losses, and the cost of achieving a goal before pursuing it. Never be so sure about what you want that you won't take something better. Boxing is a high-opportunity cost event that often leads to a dead-end career for most fighters. Lattimore pursued boxing in school simultaneously to have a backup plan in case his boxing career did not pan out. It's essential to have a backup plan and be prepared for the worst-case scenario to avoid ending up in the fighter's graveyard. He compared his publishing contract to a boxing contract, noting that it paid more for less risk and was a better long-term option for him. Demonstrating Authenticity Writing is an active way of presenting what you want or think you want, and putting it into the world. Writing it down, even if it's just for yourself, can help you get it out of your head and into the open. Both Jim and Ed agree that being authentic is key to writing and life in general. People have built-in bullshit detectors, and can usually tell when someone is faking it. Groucho Marx famously said, The secret of life is honesty and fair dealing. If you can fake those, you've got it made. Al Lattimore identifies whether someone is authentic or not. He doesn't try to assess authenticity in areas where he is inexperienced. Instead, he looks for things that are hard to fake, such as lingo. The way someone uses language can be a good indicator of whether they are genuine or not. 
for example, if someone is using slang that is specific to a certain group or subculture, and they're not a part of that group, it can be a red flag that they're trying too hard to fit in. Experience also helps him identify whether someone is authentic. There are some things that people don't glamorize or talk about, but if someone starts talking about them in a way that seems off, it can be a sign that they're not being genuine. For example, if someone uses the term baby mom and talks about how she was cheating, it might be a red flag that they're not actually from the environment they're trying to portray. Ed also looks for things that are emphasized or ignored. If someone is emphasizing something that doesn't need to be emphasized or ignoring something that should be emphasized, it can be a sign that they're not being authentic. Both Jim and Ed agree that a good way to tell if someone is being genuine is to look for the difference between the good reason and the real reason. The real reason is often less scientific and harder to articulate, but it's usually the true motivation behind someone's actions. Jim shares his maxim that whenever he sees a wall of words, he knows that someone is trying to hide something or obscure the truth. He gives the example of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, where there was a simple explanation for the collapse but a lot of words were used to try to cover it up. Check out these podcast notes to learn about the actions of founders who showed incredible courage and competence in the wake of the recent run of Silicon Valley Bank. Being cast as a father figure. Lattimore thinks that the male role model space is lacking in good examples, and many guys are being treated as defective girls. He believes that guys need a leader to follow, and he's willing to take on that role. Ed is aware of his influence and believes that he can use it for something good. His awareness of his role keeps his behavior in check and helps him behave better. What's next for Ed? Lattimore's next focus is promoting his upcoming book and building a marketing plan to sell a million copies. Develop marketing plan. Strong channel and distribution network. Create video content. Consider starting podcast. Study successful authors. James Clear, Mark Manson. Build a large email list like theirs to promote his book. Return to fighting. Avoid heavyweight as he feels he shouldn't have been fighting at that weight, in the first place. Cruiserweight division, one to two fights, a good story to promote his book. Improve chess skills. Long-term goal of earning a title. He's been playing on chess.com. Learn Spanish. Prepare for the B2 exam. Lattimore believes that learning a language and taking on challenging pursuits like boxing and chess is important for personal growth and development. He sees them as more valuable skills than things like copywriting and email marketing. Ed's three-step process for self-improvement. Ed Lattimore shares his three-step process for self-improvement that can be followed by both males and females. The three steps are Learn a language to the B1 level. This step is not just about learning the language but also about overcoming one's apprehensions about speaking in another language. To reach the B1 level, one must talk to people and develop social skills. Train and take fights for two years. This step involves training in a physical activity that activates different parts of the mind and body. For Ed, this meant learning to fight in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, BJJ. Engaging in such activities can help one develop grit, perseverance, and a deeper understanding of oneself. Live on commission for a year. This step involves taking a job that pays only on commission, which requires one to learn how to sell and connect with people effectively. 
the experience can help one develop skills in studying, learning, and connecting with others. Ed believes that pursuing specific and interesting goals like chess, fighting, and language learning makes a person more interesting and respected by others. External validation of recognition of skills is important, as it helps to maintain the purity of the ability or skill set and the organization or anyone that's affiliated. Ed believes in treating others with respect and being polite, as it can help to avoid problems and conflicts. He believes in entertaining someone's debate with facts and being polite, even if one disagrees with the other person's idea. Cyberbullying is a new threat that parents need to be aware of and take necessary steps to protect their children. Parents should limit their children's access to the internet and social media until they are 18 years old. That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The Top 10 Ideas of the Week. Every Monday.